Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff, and welcome back to another program. Uh, appreciate y'all tuning in. As always, a lot of Eagle news has kind of taken place over the last several days, and, you know, I knew that when, when you got to get like one day when this pops, and then the next day this kind of thing popped, and... I was kind of juggling around. Is it worthy to do another podcast or should I just kind of hold off? Because, you know, there's a lot of moving and shaking going around, especially around the league, and the Eagles were a part of it. So if you were looking for a uh, earlier episode than this one, I apologize. But I kind of wanted to just, you know, it wasn't anything that, like, was groundbreaking that that took place. And so I ultimately decided I would just uh, do a week on, weekend podcast and kind of catch up on everything Um uh, Eagles related. So thanks for sticking with me. We're going to go through a lot, you know, so buckle up and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll go through this together. Um, some surprises, some not so surprising and a little bit of, um, interesting moves in between. And yet the ultimate goal or the ultimate prize, maybe is a better word, is still out there in, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who as of late Saturday here on the 18th, still is yet to be signed. So we'll definitely dive in and talk about that. In the meantime, thank you for tuning in. Please like and share, subscribe, do all those cool things. Really appreciate that. Spread the word about Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff, your source for a diehard fan's take on our beloved Philadelphia Eagles Email us at the show at P-E-T-W-G at gmail.com. And all right, so let's just start with the Eagles. And what I think we might do, depending on, you know, how much time we got left in the program today, may take a kind of a, a little take as far as what the rest of our division has done. So, you know, I, the Darius Slay thing, I guess we'll start there. Um, because that was the one that was kind of twisting and turning and trying to figure out what the heck was going on with Darius Slay this week. And honestly, I can't remember exactly how much I talked about it in my last podcast. Um, not sure if I touched on Slay or not. You tell me. Well, you can't tell me. But I'm gonna go back and I'll go back and take a look at that. I don't think I really touched much on Slay. Um, other than the fact that I thought it was possible that if the Eagles did uh, make a big move, like to if they did sign C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I thought maybe that would make Slay expendable just in order to, you know, bring C.J. in here with what we were thinking at the time would be a big contract. But that has since changed. But anyway, what what happened uh, with Slay is quite interesting. Um, the Eagles went out and actually re-signed James Bradbury, which I think is a good move. I applaud the Eagles for that. It's hard to find good corners. Bradbury is, uh, you know, pushing 30 years old, but um, the younger of the two between him and Slay. And as far as pro football focus, I believe he was the second highest. He was either the second highest or the highest graded cornerback in the NFL last season. So, 
you know, we knew Bradbury was going to get his money, uh, and Eagles did pay him very well. Um, he agreed to a three-year, $38 million contract, which includes $20 million of it guaranteed. So he made some uh, big bucks, and, you know, it's, he deserved it. He had a really good season. It does have a maximum value of $44 million if he hits certain incentives. Incentives, I should say. Um, so we bring back Bradbury, which I did not think was going to happen. I almost assuredly thought that he was gone, and we would draft a cornerback in the first round. Uh, I still think we should draft a cornerback in the first round, but now I don't know. Now we don't have to, I guess. is You know, it's not as much of a need as it would have been if we had lost Bradbury. So that kind of throws the – what I was thinking initially in the draft kind of turns that upside down a little bit. But we're going to talk about the draft in an upcoming episode. we got all of April to talk about the draft, and but this certainly will shift my feelings towards the draft as far as uh, how I kind of, especially that first pick now at, uh, at number 10, um, you know, I still think the Eagles should take one of those first two picks this year and get a corner. Um, so I guess it doesn't change it completely, but now I think that we don't need to have to draft a cornerback at 10, but we'll see. Like I said, plenty of time to talk about the draft. So the Eagles re-signed Bradbury. Good move, no question. Then you get word shortly after the Bradbury signing that the Eagles were going to – well, first of all, they 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 allowed Slay to seek a trade. Uh, apparently, they were trying to work with, with Slay to try to get him to take a pay cut, um, and Slay didn't want to have anything to do with that. Of course, from his standpoint, he basically only had one year guaranteed money left in his agreement, uh, his contract, and he didn't want to be in a position where he was not sure where he'd be next year and all those kinds of things that players go through. So um, there was kind of a mutual interest for them to both work things out together, but apparently the Eagles were not able to do so. And Slay went out there with his agent and looked around and found out that there wasn't a heck of a lot of money out there either uh, to be had. So he wasn't. There was no trade partners that were willing to take on his big contract uh, for this year. So it led to a quandary where the Eagles basically were going to release Darius Slay, and I believe this was like on Thursday or Wednesday. I forget exactly which day it was, Wednesday or Thursday, when they announced that they were going to release Slay. I think it was Wednesday because they had the four p.m. to do so. Then suddenly the four p.m. Deadline on Wednesday um, passed, and Slay was not released, which led a lot of people to wonder what the heck is going on with Slay. Um, come to find out, the Eagles and Slay decided to get back to the bargaining table and try to figure out how to um, make amends, and, and maybe they could figure something out. And ultimately, we found out on Thursday that they indeed did figure something out to the tune of Darius Slay remaining and agreeing to a new three-year contract extension worth $42 million, which will keep him here through 2025, and $23 million of that is guaranteed at signing. So now suddenly the Eagles have brought back Slay and Bradbury. You need to be strong at corners. Now they're getting a little bit old. 
But both of those guys, you know, are younger 30s. And I think for next year, we're in good shape. I think towards maybe the end of Slay's contract, you know, he could start tapering off because this is going to bring him to about 35 years old. You know, and that's getting up there for a cornerback. Um, and Bradbury, Bradbury, if he stays here through three, will be at 33 years old. So, you know, a little old in the tooth there at cornerback. But yet right now, we're talking about right now, this is a good move because these guys should be uh, pretty much still, um, you know, at the uh, peak, close to it, uh, you know, next season. So. No doubt about that, that the uh, it definitely solidifies our cornerback situation. Now, the Eagles also had some of our crown jewels, meaning our draft picks that have been here with the organization for a long time. Jason Kelsey uh, decided to come back and play another year. Uh, he does get a pay raise up to $14.25 million dollars another 500k in incentives so listen i mean that's a lot of money it's very expensive for kelsey for to pay a center that much but he's the best center in the nfl and he has not shown any signs of falling off yet and i think we all agree that jason kelsey is a legend and is a leader and all those other intangibles that he brings to a team and uh we welcome jason kelsey back with open arms for sure so kelsey uh ends up staying fletcher cox Ended up re-signing at a little bit of a hometown discount. I'm not sure if Cox would have got what the Eagles paid him. Uh, they might have been able to get a little bit even a better hometown discount than they got. But, whatever the less, he was making $14 million last year. And he is, he is now re-signed a one-year $10 million contract. So, uh, the Eagles will save $4 million off of what they were paying Cox last year. Me, personally, I think they probably could have chopped off another couple million. But maybe they didn't want to risk risk losing him if they cut him too low or insult him or whatever might happen in these, you know, in terms of dynamics in these negotiations. But either way, uh, Fletcher Cox is back, and that happened shortly after Brandon Graham uh, also uh, re-upped for another year. Graham taking a significant pay cut. Now, here's a guy who had 11 sacks last year. Certainly could have been um, could have made more going elsewhere. Cleveland was definitely rumored to have had major interest in Graham, but Graham ends up coming back for another season uh, for, with a six million dollar deal, and that's up to six million. So that's not a guaranteed six. So Brandon Graham, we all love Brandon Graham. That's another reason just to love BG uh, is taking a you know pretty good hit just to remain uh, an eagle. So. Uh, the Eagles kind of running it back. That's the idea, right? I mean, you got Cox, Kelsey, Brandon Graham, and one guy I didn't mention is Boston Scott also. He signed a one-year $2 million contract, which I think is good. I think we all like Scott and his versatility. Um, so, you know, and then with the Slay and Bradbury news, the Eagles are bringing a lot of their guys back. Um, now, we did lose both linebackers, Kazir White, Went off to Arizona, and uh, we know that uh, Edwards went to the Bears. So they're both gone. So it's time for N'Kobe Dean to step up. And what are the Eagles going to do with the other linebacker position? We don't know yet. 
Um, that remains to be seen. Does this does Davion Taylor come back into the picture? You remember that the Eagles kept him on the practice squad after releasing him last year. Um, you know, does he have a shot now to maybe play outside linebacker or the Eagles draft another linebacker or sign a free agent? I know Bobby Wagner's still out there. That's a guy that I just don't know if they can afford him now. The Eagles definitely spent way more than I thought they would in this free agent period. So they've got to be butt up right against the cap. And that's why I'm not sure about CJ. We'll get to him in a moment. Um, Cause there's a couple other little newsy items here to, to go over. One of the signings I really like is they signed greedy Williams, cornerback, former second round draft pick uh, out of LSU uh, to a one-year contract. So um, I'm not sure how much the contract is. It doesn't tell me. But I think that's a good pickup. I think Greedy Williams, number one, he's a young guy. I think he's only like 25, 26. He's pretty young. Um, he's got some ability for sure. I don't know what the heck Cleveland's doing letting him go. Um, I, I'm not, you know, I don't want to get too excited about it, but I, I think just in terms of age and a guy that's a veteran that you can put in there, because the Eagles really have had a huge drop-off. They got lucky last year. Both Bradbury and Slay stayed healthy the whole season. That doesn't always happen. So you, it's nice to know that if one of those guys does go down next year, especially since they're going to be a year older, right? They're both in their 30s now, that they can plug in a Greedy Williams and, uh, and, and, and you know, just to have him there is, is, is nice to have a nice veteran to plug in. Um, so I like that signing a lot. So Greedy Williams uh, signs a one-year deal. And then the sad news, and I know you guys – you know, I'm going to know where I'm heading here. I knew it was going to happen. It was inevitable. Unfortunately, it's it's a little disappointing because I think that the contract that he ended up getting is something that the Eagles, if they really wanted him here, they could have afforded it. They could have made room for it. So I think this, this move might end up coming back and biting the Eagles, and that is letting Miles Sanders go. Now, I know that I'm not going to say he's a polarizing player, and I think most of the, most Eagle fans like Miles Sanders. There's definitely some detractors out there. One of them, including Matt, who we've had on the show. Uh, I think Matt likes Sanders, but he's he's willing to let him go, much more willing than I I was to hold on to him. And then there's some Eagle fans out there that uh, you know just wanted him gone for whatever reason. Um, me. I definitely want to re-sign him, especially for the contract that he was able to get. Um, Miles Sanders signed a four-year, $25 million contract with the Carolina Panthers. So we wish Miles well. I think it's a good landing spot for him. It's a team that's on the rise. I got the first pick in the uh, draft. Um, you know, there's only Chubb Hubbard or whatever his name is there. <laughs> Chubb Hubbard. I think that's his name, right? Chubbard Hubbard or I don't know, whatever. So I think Sanders is clearly going to be the number one back there. And I uh, wish Miles well, and uh, I really think the Eagles are going to regret letting him go. Uh, I really do. I mean, the guy's entering his prime. I don't think Eagle fans, well, some of them, I think a lot of Eagle fans do do like Sanders, and we're hoping to keep him. I'm definitely in that camp. The Eagles did go out and bring in a guy that is a high risk, um, or should I say low risk, high reward. <laughs> we'll set it backwards. Uh, in Rashad Penny. Now, Penny is a guy that uh, can be explosive. He's had kind of an up-and-down career, mostly down because of injuries. And that's the thing that's kind of funny is that the people that knock Sanders, oh, he's, he's always hurt, can't depend on him. 
and the Eagles bring in Rashad Penny and, and the Sanders detractors are all excited about it. And I'm like, uh, sometimes I just don't understand Eagle fans and I've almost stopped trying to um, with some factions of our fan base. But nevertheless, I don't uh, – I think this is a, um, a potentially smart move by the Eagles. Um, you know, if you're going to lose Sanders, you got to replace him, certainly. And I wasn't completely sold on, you know, Gainwell being our number – being a number one back and be able to handle that load. I think there's no question now that the Eagles will be a running back by committee team. I don't think there is a clear number one. There's no Sanders here now going forward. Um, I don't really know if Penny will be a number one or Gain will be a number one. I really don't think either one of them are number one running backs. I think that you'll have a good mix of all three. You'll have Penny, you'll have Gainwell, and you'll have Boston Scott in there. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how, uh, how that all works out. Eagles still have Sermon in the practice squad, too. You know, it was a third-round pick from the 49ers. He's going to, you know, he'll probably get a, a serious look as well to see if he'll, you know, contribute. And potentially the Eagles might uh, use a late-round draft pick. Apparently this is a deep running back draft this year. Uh, maybe they'll use a six-round pick or something on a, on a running back that might still be hanging around there. That's a good value pick. I don't not see uh, some Eagle fans are out there, some of the more prominent ones on YouTube or whatnot are saying that the Eagles going to, you know, draft, you know, Robinson and just make a move for him. Like, there's no way. There's no way in the world the Eagles are using either one of their first-round draft picks on a running back. So anyone who thinks that he's even going to be a possibility needs to just erase that from, from, their, from the brain and stop using brain space on that. It's never happening. I mean, it's not going to happen. They're not going to draft a running back. Uh, with a high draft pick. It's just not happening. So take that to the bank. That's I will guarantee you that. So anyone who's got aspirations, Eagles going to make a run for one of these running backs like Gibbs or uh, Robinson. It's just, you're, you know, put down the pipe because it's uh, it's not happening. It is absolutely not happening. Um, if they were going to spend money on a running back, they would have given Sanders what is, I think, a very reasonable deal that he got in uh, Carolina. I mean, I don't, to me personally, I would have given uh, Sanders that same kind of contract offer four years, 25. He would have taken it. That's a really good deal for a good running back. The Eagles decided not to go uh, with Sanders and go in a different direction. And, and honestly, <clears throat> they did end up making a pay cut at the running back position because basically Penny Scott and Gainwell being under the rookie contract all make basically what Miles Sanders is making. So, I mean, I get that. That's where they decided to cut and, and not spend money. And that's why there's no way they're going to draft a running back. I just I don't see it happening. I understand the, the theory that, well, they draft him because you got him on the rookie contract. You don't pay anything good running back. I get it, but there's no need there. There's no need to spend um, a, a high draft pick on a running back, especially when the Eagles have all these holes on defense at the safety position right now. Linebacker position right now, defensive line depth took a hit. Um, those are the primary needs of the Eagles, not running back. Even with the loss of Sanders, they got guys now that that uh, that can you know that can get the job done. So Rashad Penny, exciting. I mean, if they get a healthy Rashad Penny all year, this could be a steal. 
You know, he only signed a one-year, $1.35 million deal with a $600 grand guaranteed. So, you know, this is a guy who's uh, torn his knee and broke his leg. He's had major injuries in his young career. Um, But when he's played, you know, he averages almost six yards a carry. Um, So he can be an explosive back. He's got some size on him. You know, he's like 220. Uh, So he's definitely a bigger back. Um, that we've had here in a while. Um, so, interesting move by the Eagles, and we welcome Rashad Penny here into the running back group. And then the Eagles go out, as you know, the Eagles value uh, more so than pretty much any team in the league, their backup quarterback role. Gardner Minshew ended up signing with the Colts yesterday, and the Eagles went out and brought in Marcus Mariota, which is a name that you all remember from the 2015 draft when Chip Kelly was here, when they thought that uh, he was going to bring in and draft his guy. Um, for the 20, you know, 2015 draft, they ended up Eagles obviously uh, did not go that direction, but Marcus Mariota uh, is now an Eagle which is just kind of interesting how that kind of came full circle um, with the rumors from yesteryear. Signed a one-year deal. And what's good about that is, you know, he obviously can run. He's a mobile quarterback. And so if and when they would ever need him to come in uh, to replace Hurts, here's a, you know, the Eagles probably won't have to change their offense up, you know, too much. Um, you know, bringing Mariota in because he's a guy that can – run around and probably, you know, make pretty much the same uh, RPOs and, and all those kinds of things that remain the same threat. Unlike Minshew, who really the Eagles had to almost design a different offense, uh, offensive game plan around when he was playing. So I think that'll work towards the Eagles' advantage. That, that, that deal made a lot of sense. Yeah, I believe it was like a $5 million deal, which is um, pretty good for a, for a guy of his ability to be a backup. Um, especially with some of these other deals that were being done around the NFL for backup quarterbacks, like White that I mentioned last podcast, who got like a two-year, $16 million deal, $8 million a year. I'd rather have Mark uh, Mariota than him, a uh, guy with some experience that he can come in here. And like I said, uh, plays a very similar game to, to Jalen Hurts. All right, so that's kind of the rundown as far as where we are right now. We're going to go around the NFC East and kind of talk about that a little bit. Before I do, the outstanding player and my number one guy that I wanted to retain, and I think a lot of Eagle fans are on the same page with me, is C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So he is clearly not happy with the way that free agency is going. He has been um, tweeting about it and – the big payday that he was looking for, the money is just clearly not out there. The fact that it is now going on Sunday, we're almost a week into free agency, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson has not been signed, tells you that there's that there's no money out there for him. Um, now, at some point, a team's going to jump in here and, and make him an offer. Hopefully it's the Eagles, because I don't know if I'd wait much longer. But, but I think from CJ's standpoint now, what do you do? He was probably initially looking for a long-term, sweet, mega deal, mega years on that deal. 
Now you have to wonder if you're him and his agent, if he wants to just rather now sign a one-year prove-it deal again and then just become a free agent again this upcoming offseason where maybe there's more of a need league-wide for a safety and the money's back out there because it's not there for him this year. So what does CJ do? The Eagles, all the rumors and any type of insight that you're getting and hearing throughout the league, the Eagles have been making a push um, to sign him. Even when they're making all these other moves, you know, apparently the Eagles are definitely still making a hard run at him, which makes sense. I don't think the Eagles want to lose him. They have nobody at safety right now other than Blankenship. They've lost Epps to the Cardinals. Um, Makes you wonder, you know. So what is CJ doing? He's obviously frustrated. Does he shift gears and just look for a short one-year deal now? I think if that's the case, that would help the Eagles. You know, the Eagles should just bring him back for one more year, give him a pay raise, and we'll talk about it during the season as far as any extension or whatever. Um, or is some team going to jump in late here and offer him a big lucrative offer? That could still happen. Can't rule it out. But I don't know. It is interesting that he is still out there because the numbers validate that he is one heck of a player. He's young. He's only 25 years old. So, you know, is it his attitude? Is it the fact that he's a trash talker? Is his is his uh, now he hasn't been a problem with the Eagles, but is his reputation taking a hit here in free agency, which is why he hasn't been, you know, nobody's jumped out to grab him yet. It's very interesting what's going on with CJ Gardner Johnson, and to me, he is a. I think the Eagles really need him, and you guys know my stance there on him. I really think that CJ is is a guy the Eagles need. Uh, not only just because of position, I just think I love his energy. I love the way he plays. And that goes well, obviously, in Philadelphia. We like players like him. So, you know, can the Eagles still afford him as well? I don't know how much they have left. That's one thing I just don't know. With all these moves that they made, bringing these guys back, you know, we work in Slay's deals, bringing Bradbury back, which to me is still a shocker. Giving Cox more than I probably would have given him, you know, $10 million deal. Luckily, they got a, a deal bringing Graham back. Um, so they saved money on both of their contracts. I think Graham was making close to $10 million or $11 million. He's down to 6 now. Cox was up to 14 and he's making 10 So they saved about $10 million with both of those deals. Uh, I think they shed it a little bit off of Slave's deal by extending him you know, in terms of his cap uh, impact for this year. Uh, I don't know how much they paid Greedy Williams. I don't think it could be a, a you know huge expensive deal. Kelsey got a bump in pay. I was kind of wrong when I predicted what his pay was. I thought it was around $9 million, uh, last podcast. I was wrong about that. I think he was making closer to like $12 million last year. And he's now bumped up to $14.25 million, uh, which, again, you know what? I mean, he's worth it. I'm not going to, you know, uh, he's he's playing at a high level still, so I got no problem with him making that. Um, but, it, you know, it's expensive to pay a center that much money. And then, of course, you still got to pay Jalen Hurts. It's not like his deal's done yet either, and he's going to make you know fifty plus million per season. So, lot still remains to be done. 
as we continue through the offseason. So the next shooter drop will be C.J. Gardner-Johnson. When that happens, I can't see it dragging on for much longer. Um, it's just a matter of, does he get the big deal that he's been looking for? It seems more and more unlikely with each passing day. And I got a feeling he might just be signing a shorter deal now with somebody, hopefully the Eagles, uh, who will be able to retain him. Because otherwise you have Reed Blankenship and that's it at safety. I mean, unless you think you're still going to get something out of, you know, some of their other draft picks. And, you know, there's really not a lot of depth right now with the Eagles. Losing upside, I don't think, was something the Eagles thought that would happen. I don't really think they, they thought that that was uh, – that someone would jump on Epps like they did so quickly. So, all right, let's take a quick jump around the league and see what our competitors in the NFC East have done. We'll kind of go through it. Um, as you know, we'll start with the Commanders. Uh, they released our friend, Carson Wentz, who I don't think is signed with anybody. He's still out there, which is funny. Um uh, but they brought in, I think, a really good player. Uh, I always liked Jacoby Brissett. I always thought he was an underrated quarterback. I commend because actually when I found out he was out there, I was like, that guy would be perfect too for the Eagles to be uh, for, to back up Hurts. I like Jacoby Brissett. Every time I see this guy fill in, he puts up numbers. I mean, he's good. He's a good quarterback. Now, what's interesting is 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 Jacoby Brissett going to start for the Commanders next year? As you know, they have the young Howard that they gave a start late in the season and he looked pretty impressive and he's the guy that they, you know, drafted is he, you know, I don't know if he's going to be the future or, or you know, if that's going to be an open quarterback competition, we'll have uh, our commander friend of the show, uh, Johnny join us in an upcoming podcast. Uh, he's, he's going to be, I've already talked to him. We'll be bringing him on for the, uh, for some draft talk. I'll ask him that question about what his thoughts are on uh, Jacoby Brissett. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But anyway, he got uh, right on cue. Sorry about that. Uh, sometimes I just I can't control my phone. Um, I could control the volume of it, though. And I just Again, I'm, I'm recording this late, and I get texts at 1130 at night. Um, all right, so Jacoby Brissett. $8 million contract, 7.5 guaranteed, maximum value of $10 million with incentives. Will he start for the Commanders, or will they go with the young Howard? I think that's going to be an open competition. Again, we'll talk to Johnny. We'll have him on um, in a, uh, you know, talk about the draft and get his thoughts from a, uh, from a division rival perspective. They also signed Andrew Wiley uh, to a three-year $24 million contract. That's a good move. Bolster offensive line. They also uh, took Gates, Nick Gates from the Giants, signed him to a three-year, $16.5 million deal. So the commanders are certainly building or rebuilding their offensive line. Uh, center Tyler Larson re-signed with the team. And the defensive line, they did initially put a franchise tag on Darren Payne, their uh, standout defensive tackle. Uh, and then Payne did later sign a four-year, $90 million contract that includes 45 guaranteed and $60 million total guaranteed with a $20 million signing bonus. So he uh, he's definitely going to uh, 
you know, be a happily paid commander going forward as he totally capitalizes. He's a really good player, as we know. Abdullah Anderson, I'm not sure who that is, but he signed with the commanders. He's a defensive lineman. Uh, on the edge, F.A. Obata, a one-year deal of $3 million. I don't know who that is either. A couple linebackers, David Mayo, I know, and Cody Barton. Um, Mayo was already on a team. He resigned a one-year deal. And uh, Barton, they bring over, uh, signed to a one-year deal. And then a couple of cornerbacks, Cameron Dantzler, uh, claimed him from the Vikings. He can't be all that good because the Vikings' defense sucks. Not worried about him. And then Danny Johnson uh, resigned a two-year deal um, for about $7 million. So that's what the commanders have been up to. Um, let me see. Uh, let's go with the Cowboys. They resigned Cooper Rush to a two-year deal for $6 million. That's a bargain. So, good job for the uh, Cowboys because Cooper Rush obviously has proven that he could play. Tony Pollard uh, got a non-exclusive franchise tag, as we know. I mentioned that in my last podcast. They did cut and release Ezekiel Elliott. I still think they got a chance if nobody goes after him that the Cowboys might bring him back, you know, and re-sign him on a much cheaper deal. Uh, we'll see if that happens. That would not surprise me, but Ezekiel Elliott's been released. So Pollard's the guy. Now, here's the thing. They are thin at running back if they don't bring Ezekiel back or someone else. I'm glad Miles Sanders, by the way, did not go there or to the division. That would have really sucked. But Pollard, you know, he got hurt really late in the season. He's not going to be back until, you know, quarter away into next year, maybe halfway into next year. He had a pretty significant leg injury. So right now they don't really have much at running back in Dallas. Expect them to do something there at that position. Vander Ashley resigned to a two-year $11 million contract. Guy was a good player, very promising linebacker. He's still pretty good, but he's got neck injuries. You know, neck, neck injuries. Oh, Jesus, I can't speak. Neck injuries, neck issues. I was trying to blend the two words. Um, so promising player, but how much longer can he keep going? You know, neck injuries are not really to mess with. They did make a good move and they brought in, uh, Stefan Gilmore in a trade with the Colts and they only gave him a fifth round pick for him. So that's a good move for the Cowboys. I think Gilmore could still play. That really gives them a, a really strong number two cornerback now, uh, play opposite of Diggs, so uh, that was a good move for the Cowboys, um, and then they re-signed their safety, Donovan Wilson is a good player too, uh, to a three-year deal, $24 million, uh, $13.5 million guaranteed. So the Cowboys have made some pretty good moves, I have to say, overall. I think they've uh, done a good job um, you know, strengthening their team, and then the Giants have been very, very active, as we knew they would, as they're still in the rebuilding phase with a new staff and everything in there. First thing he did was they re-signed Aaron Jones to a four-year, $160 million deal. We talked about that already, uh, $35 million also uh, with uh, incentives. Second Barkley, we know that they uh, gave a franchise tag to. They re-signed Matt Breda, who's a pretty good backup running back. And then uh, just yesterday, they uh, signed Paris Campbell, who I've always liked. Uh, so spend a second here talking about Campbell. Paris Campbell is a guy that I've always liked. I think he's an underrated wide receiver. So this is a move that I really like that the Giants made. 
Campbell's another guy has never been able to stay healthy, but when he's on the field, he's good. He always seems to be an impact player. Uh, he's made some really clutch catches. I think he's a really good player. That's a guy I would have liked the Eagles to, to maybe bring in as a number three. He probably wouldn't sign on number three with a team because he's going to be probably the number two or one even maybe on the uh, – I don't know about one, but he's probably going to be the number two guy. Anyway, regardless, I like – I think that's a really good signing by the Giants, Paris Campbell. Just a one-year kind of prove a deal, but he's getting four four point seven million and six point seven in incentives. So it's a not not too bad of a one-year uh, contract there for Paris Campbell. The Eagles get. I mean, glad the Eagles do have those two good corners that they're bringing back because you know the Giants are you know trying to build now around Daniel Jones. Now they've committed to him and get get him some wide receiver help. Um, both Shepard and Slayton. This is kind of surprising to me. I thought that the Giants would let one of those two guys go, especially Shepard, who could never stay healthy. Even Slayton's got a lot of injuries, you know, over his career. But they did re-sign Sterling Shepard to a one-year one point. I mean, it's a $1.3 million deal, not spending a lot of money on him. Um, but the guy's been – he's had so many injuries. I don't even know if he's even able to really be the player that he was once, you know, a young, promising wide receiver. Giants obviously still think he's got something in there uh, left even after all these injuries, so they keep him and they retain Slayton as well uh, to a two-year, $12 million contract, maximum value of 16 and a half. Slayton's their deep threat guy. Um, another guy who's been struggling to stay healthy over the years but can be dangerous at times, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Giants do in a draft because I, I don't know if they're going to go wide receiver anymore bringing in you know the guys that they've they've brought in. Uh Remember, they've still Hodges, too, who really came on strong. That was a good find for them last year. So uh, the the, uh, Giants did bring in Darren Waller. That was probably their biggest offseason move. They got him in a trade with the Raiders for a third-round draft pick. Uh, They bring in Darren Waller. Now, Waller's a guy who was, you know, a top-tier tight end. He had two straight years back-to-back where you could argue he was – the, the best tight end in the league, or one of them. He was putting up Kelsey-like numbers for a couple of years, but the last two years he's really fallen off a cliff. So I don't know. You know, he's been banged up injury-wise. and So I don't know which Darren Waller the Giants are getting. Clearly they think they're going to get the better Darren Waller. And as Eagle fans, we got to hope that Darren Waller's best years are well behind him. But either way, to give him a third-round pick for, for Waller, it's kind of a steep price. But he's still relatively young, and we know how good he can be. So I think it's probably worth the third-round pick, but it certainly won't be if he doesn't return to the player that he once was. Uh, the Giants also signed Raheem Nunez Roches. I think that's the guy that's got some nickname. Like I don't remember. He's got some weird nickname. I think that's the guy. Uh, I don't know. I'm not even sure who he is, but defensive lineman. And then they have uh, they re-signed Jared Davis, and then they signed uh, Bobby Okariki to a four-year, forty million dollar contract and twenty-two million guaranteed. That's their big linebacker uh, acquisition, and uh, so they're trying to solidify their linebacking position. Which I know the Giants from listening to Giants fans, and I have quite a few friends of. Uh, they definitely wanted to upgrade their linebacker. So that was the big linebacker move that they made in free agency. 
And then they re-signed their punter, Jamie Gillian, uh, to a two-year, $4 million deal up to $5 million. So that's what our division rivals have done. Um, so the only thing really pending, I think, for the Eagles, I don't know, I mean, see if they get some cheap bargains at linebacker, they're going to bring somebody in, I would imagine. They right now have nothing in linebacker. Um, at least it's proven. We got the Kobe Dean, who is clearly going to get playing time next year. Um, if not start, I would imagine he's probably penciled in to start. Maybe he's at least going to give probably give him a shot, and hopefully he's ready to go. I still think he's just too small. Like I don't know. I don't know if he. I know his main position is middle linebacker, but he just to me he's got to bulk up. He's just. He's got to get to at least like a Sam Mills type size. And right now, I just feel he's undersized. He's a really good player, though. He tackles well. He reads well. He blitzes well. He does all those things. He's going to be a leader back there in our defense. I said when they drafted him, he's going to be the future leader of this defense. I still believe all that. I just don't know if he's middle linebacker. I see him more of his outside linebacker just because of his size. But his main position is middle linebacker. We'll see how that all works out. And what the Eagles do to solidify the linebacker position, which, as we know, they don't spend a lot of money on. They don't spend a lot of draft capital on. So I don't see them, you know, even though it's a huge need for them to draft a linebacker, I don't see them using the first, you know, either one of the first round picks on a linebacker. Uh, you know, again, we're going to save the draft talk to later. But uh, but what's interesting is is kind of the fact that really they're depleted at the linebacker spot right now. Uh you know, losing both Edwards and obviously Kazir White, uh, their two starting linebackers from last season. So I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. Uh, Howie still has a lot more work to be done, but I think overall, based on the guys that the Eagles brought back and the potential to lose much more than they did, I mean, we knew they weren't going to be able to keep everybody. And most of the hits have come on defense, although we lost our starting running back in Miles Sanders. Uh, but Javon Hargrave is definitely going to feel his loss. The two linebackers definitely going to feel their loss. Safety is still a huge question mark. Are they going to be able to get CJ back in in here? Uh, if not, then there's a huge hole there. We already lost Epps. Cornerbacks are back in play, so we're good there. Uh you know, should be uh, should be interesting to see, you know, what exactly the next moves that are out there for Howie to make. Uh, you know, he'll, uh, it'll, you know, he's I'm sure he still has a couple more tricks up his sleeve. But CJ's the next the next shoe to drop, and we'll see exactly when that is going to happen. So. I'm sure it'll be a talking point of our next podcast. Thanks you again for tuning in to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff as we move forward through the offseason. As always, thank you for joining me and uh, liking the program. Give me a five-star rating, would you? Certainly would help. Thank you very much again for tuning in. Until next time, hopefully we've got some C.J. Gardner-Johnson news and he's back in Eagles Green for next season. Until then, take care.